Greetings, and how do you do? Silly question, since we are probably all going slightly insane. Or perhaps we already were, and it's just another day in the madhouse. <laughs> well, we're all mad here at the end of the day. Or at least that's what the Cheshire Cat used to say. I'll apologize in advance for repeating myself a lot, but sometimes you just have to drive things home, you know? I'm by uh, no means a Rhodes Scholar, and I'm far from a shot caller. I'm just an opinionated cannabis consumer at the end of the day. I don't really know what's right or wrong anymore, so I'm just kind of here to tell you some of the things I think and feel. Some of it'll be scripted, and some of it'll be on the fly. So roll one up if you fancy, or grab a cup of tea. Fancy whiskey, or German Riesling, even water, whatever. Whatever you need to help you wind down and focus. You'll need it, because this bullet train brain derails from time to time, and yeah, like I said, you'll need to focus. Just try being inside my brain, or my, my mind, body, whatever. The sound of my screaming soul, at times, it's deafening. Yeah, fuck that noise. <laughs> anyway, let's begin. But first... Okay, so, it's April Fool's Day, or what's left of it, and I like jokes and riddles. So, here's a joke from Ralph Waldo Emerson. What's the hardest task in the world? To think. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, actually, that's what he said. But it, it's true, you know, because critical thinking is really hard, especially nowadays. And quite frankly, most of us, including our children, well, we're taught what to think and not how to think, according to Margaret Mead. I'm beginning to think that it's actually trying to look deep within ourselves and realize, well, that it's actually easier to hate than it is to admit that we're all fighting different battles in the same war. And we've all been trying to attain that so-called American dream while we've been low-key surviving the nightmare? Scrolling past death and despair via the internet on a daily basis, all while society grew vehemently racist. Hmm. I guess uh, what lies beneath is a cesspool of uncertainties mixed with lost and stolen identities. Contrary to popular belief, deep down, all we really want, what we really, really want, I want to, <laughs> just kidding. What we really want, though, is for harmony. You know, the whole love and acceptance thing we all yearn for, which is why we willingly segregate ourselves and dive into all these subcategories of existence trying to find our life's purpose and commonalities. <laughs> Ay, ay, ah, the age-old question. What is the meaning of life? Well, that is something I thought up many moons ago, and sorry it took so long to reveal. Uh, truthfully, I had a friend message me. It's pro-gun, 
pro-survivalist of sorts, very religious, and um, well, it kind of, it took them saying to me that things were crazy out here right now, and they hoped that I was safe. And, well, quite frankly, I, I thought to myself, wait a minute, if he thinks things are in a state of chaos and disarray, well, I'll be damned. I'm going to do that podcast finally, that, the, the one people have been saying I should be doing for some time now. Yeah, I'm going to get on that. All right. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I'll continue. Um, well, I've, um, I've been on this planet for 30 plus years. Uh, I'm still trying to heal. Uh, but I, like uh, so many others, have sabotaged themselves and uh, put out their own light. And, uh, I mean, it was a lot to handle. Between that and, uh, the many fires that were gaslit that I was trying to extinguish. But aren't we all at some point? I also had an uphill battle with alcohol. And even though I rolled down the hill a couple times, I kept on moving. And that's the only way to get stronger. Just like with any vice, really, that's detrimental to your life. Even though some of us are what they deem functioning? Yeah, functioning. Anyway, you must keep it moving because that's how you make your calves stronger and hold on to hope for a little bit longer. But what happened to so many of us that we became American's idol while sitting around watching American Idol? And then the channel changed. And... American Horror Story was coming to you live on Main Street in a city or town near you. But before I get any further, I'll let you in on something this bullet train brain came up with many moons ago. In the wee hours of the morning, contemplating a question that, well, Google has proven, I'm not alone in what I'm thinking. So here goes, no, here goes nothing. But first, what's the meaning of life? It's a question that I often ponder. I mean, theoretically, at the end, the whole point is to be happy. But how do we get there? From what I've seen in my brief time on this planet is that there's a metric fuck ton of people out here thinking like they know and acting just the same. But guess what? I'm just as guilty. Are we genuinely happy? I mean, it seems like most people are three fake smiles away from an emotional collapse, but must keep it together because they're the only ones that actually have their own backs. I see people I know in one-sided relationships, self-medicating, and I can relate. I see people I know that have it all together according to society standards. But if I look deeply into the gateway to their soul, I can see the deeply rooted pain that has become the bane of their own existence. But they hide it oh so well. So I guess my take on the meaning of life is sharing our stories 
but also extending a hand. So we can know that we're not alone in this mad world. I've met some people so fucked up. I just want to ask them, who hurt you? Because quite frankly, we're all just damaged goods. They need to be handled with care. There's a lot of us out there that are 10 gallons of crazy in a Dixie cup. And ain't nobody got time for that mess. But you can't just walk on by. Some people just need a little help cleaning up. And you have those people willing to pick a mop up and get the job done. Then there's the folks that will extend their arm with mop in hand and say, they're there, acting like they care, but they don't know how because they were never shown affection. I mean, truth be told, parents have a way of inadvertently fucking up their kids' lives. Unless we forget the folks that'll jump in the puddle with you and make the best out of the mess. They are the real MVPs. But alas, there's folks up there that believe they're above having to clean anything up and might just throw an unopened roll of paper towels at you like Trump did to the people of Puerto Rico. Um, I'm pretty sure I haven't figured out the meaning of life just yet. I'm not sure I ever will. I do know that the endless cycle remains only until you break it and it can be done. You too can be happy and live that so-called dream, the American dream, instead of surviving the nightmare. But it's gonna take some work and you gotta take care of yourself because depression slides into your DM like an ex uninvited. Yeah, well, there you have it. Um, that's my take on the uh, meaning of life. Uh, I apologize if I uh, happen to offend, but life as we know it, um, well, it's not for the easily offended. And as far as today goes, well, anything's offensive. Anyway, uh, I guess with this podcast, it's my intention to talk about things that uh, make us feel uncomfortable. Because, really, the only way to truly find comfort is to get out of your comfort zone. And seeing as most of us are on some form of lockdown right now, I'm going to try to be- try my best to turn that frown upside down. Tell you some unfortunate truths in order to realize the joke's been on all of us this entire time. You see, the problem is we demonize one another more than we humanize. And that's what happens when we have our rose-colored glasses on and see it through their eyes. But it's never been a battle between you and I because that's just another lie that they constructed, a reason to divide us when if we look deep down into our lo- ourselves, we'd see that there's actually more that, that unites us. And if you don't mind, I'd like to share my revised version of the Pledge of Allegiance with you now. So buckle up your seat because this is not for the squeamish, nor is it for the easily offended. You've been warned. I pledge allegiance to some flag in the divided states of America 
and to the almighty dollar that rules all. One nation under many gods. In denial, with tyranny, and injustice towards mostly all. Well, yep, that's, uh, that's my unconventional uh, view on the pledge we take. Because we're, real, we're colorblind to all the hues in humanity. Except for green. And it's plain to see that jealousy and envy run rampantly. I mean, look at all these endless wars over, over what? Wanting something someone else had? Or, or is this just God's way of teaching us geography? I beg to differ. Because some of us can't quite realize that there are two different Kansas cities. But that's besides the point. I said it before and I'll say it again. It's easier to hate than it is to admit. All of our unconscious biases. They linger deep within. God forbid we address the underlying stress. Because apparently living in this dysfunctional mess known as society is better than perfect harmony. Don't get me wrong. Heaven really could be a place on earth. We just choose to make it a living hell. We lost sight of the fact that we're all in this together. And it's time to bring back the most important thing in our global community. And that's unity. I mean, it's in the word. So that's got to stand for something. And if we don't stand for something, we will fall for anything. And that's how you divide and conquer. But we can show them that we no longer need a sponsor. As long as after all this subsides, we look past our differences and move onward to a society where that so-called dream could actually turn into reality for all of us here and beyond. I would, I guess with that said, uh, I'll read you one more thing I wrote way back when. Why does it tend to take gentrification to fix a broken city? How can you expect people to take pride in a city that doesn't take pride in them? It turns out we are our own worst enemy because all it takes is a unified street committee to fix the problems at hand brought to you by us simply because at some point we decided to disband. If only we could assimilate and stop all the unnecessary hate because we're all fighting different battles in the same war. And history will repeat itself. So call me crazy. And by now, I'm sure some of you already have. But it's happened before. I mean, we should try thinking clearly. But that is all well and good, in, in theory. It's safe to say it's time to take off those rose-colored glasses, folks. And stop being so damn cutthroat. You see, that's what happens when the id gets in the way because it's how we identify ourselves every day. The ego chimes in, starts giving a play-by-play, gaslighting your mind and creating a smokescreen of privilege whilst waking a sleeping bull in a china shop bound to cause irreparable damage. If only we could get more in touch with our morally conscious acapella band, the Super Egos. Do the right and maybe then some of us wouldn't feel the need to roam the streets pretending to be a hero 
It's when we feel personally attacked that things tend to get off track and we lose sight of the vision we once held, inadvertently creating our own personal hell. So yeah, I said what I said. Now what? Well, what's really important at the end of the day, because how many of you have gone to work and saw some whacktastic shit and turned a blind eye because, well, your morals were telling you no, but your paycheck said you didn't see shit. <laughs> I mean, herein lies the problem. When all that matters is willful ignorance and a dollop of decadence, you pair that with arrogance, well, you've got a recipe for disaster and our own demise. Lest we forget, we didn't inherit the earth. We borrowed it from our children. And right now, Mother Earth is side-eyeing us, saying, I've been telling y'all to clean your damn room. But no, you want to go ahead and prick a hole in me with the BP oil spill? Constantly testing your toxic artil artillery? And all in the name of your twisted version of harmony? Oh, the irony. Cracking my back with fracking? Burning down my trees? So you can plant your corn? So you can profit? Constantly bombing in the name of whatever entity you side with? <laughs> and yeah, with that said, I have a prayer in mind that goes a little something like this. To the powers that be, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, which are people. The courage to change the things I can within myself and the wisdom to know the difference that we are all thinking differently. We do, yet somehow the same. And that's okay. It's called cognitive dissonance. So, where do we go from here? Well, we can't fathom to bite the hand that feeds us. We can sure show them how much they, in fact, need us. Suffice it to say that if only we as a country had the same passion as those that brought us the age-old American staple back, also known as the Twinkie, that we could actually live our own version of that so-called American dream. And if we can't realize yet that we all think differently, well, I'll give you some examples. There are various political parties. You've got Team Nikki versus Team Cardi. My president is better than yours, so it's 45. No, I said 44. I really think so-and-so should have ended up with her on The Bachelor. Really? Because I thought she was a whore, and he should have picked that other chick. But I like Coke. No, I like Pepsi. I personally prefer cannabis to indulge upon on this crazy journey, <laughs> but <laughs> I made it funny. Um, oh, that's probably actually corny. I am, yeah, I'm the court jester of all things corny, so it's all good. And uh, I take no offense uh, because, well, we're so offended as a society. But I mean, I, I, I'm not here to judge. Whatever vice gets you through life, because we all know and live by that motto, by any means necessary. Within reason, of course. Anyway, 
Um, I guess. Somehow. Somehow we lost sight of one another. And, like I said, uh, we need to humanize each other more than we demonize. And we tend to hear what we want to hear. I see it in real life and online. Like Atticus Finch once said, you never really understand a person until you consider things from his point of view, until you climb inside of his skin and walk around in it. It's obvious that money has, was, and is more important than people's health. And yes, it doesn't make any sense, but it's making them dollars. And that's costing people their lives. Any country that tries to emulate us is just as guilty. Here we are blaming China for all of this when it boils down to our own willful ignorance. We can't sit here and point and blame because even if it's a conspiracy theory, they ain't the only country that's had their hand in the biological warfare game. Let's be serious. So, um, it's time to step down from those egotistical booster seats and, uh, take a look at the harvest that was sowed from the global havoc, um, our government and other governments over time have wreaked. And now, we must reap. Suffice it to say that money is the root of all evil. And it's no wonder that there's been an ongoing battle of good versus evil. That comes in various forms. And while we're all slaves to something that holds no value unless you give it away, I mean, we can't deny that we love a good deal in this country either. But hell, I mean, some of this land bought 400 years ago went for a few shillings, leather pants, a raccoon hat, and germ-infested blankets. Wait. Were we using biological warfare 400 years ago? Have mercy. Moving on. You see, I can't think of anything that doesn't come from China. From prescription pills, weaves, leggings, cosmetics, to make America great again hats, down to the flags we wave so proudly. They've been making everything for so long. I mean, because we as a nation just couldn't be bothered. And really, we took for granted the high price of a low cost. Which also happens to be a great documentary about a superstore, if you will, um, in this country. <clears throat> and last name after, I believe, a family that was on Little House on the Prairie. <clears throat> anyway, you should watch that. But yeah, we've got a lot of nerve. We tend to because that tends to happen when you have a bruised ego. I don't want to talk about China just yet, though. So I'm going to segue into Japan. Now, I'm sure it goes back longer than this, but it's something that has echoed throughout American history and is just as much a sensitive subject as that fateful day in September of 2001. But I'm not talking about that right now. I'm talking about that Sunday in December 
and the year was 1941. Now I know this subject is sensitive, but I already told you, this wasn't for the easily offended. Now we've seen versions from Hollywood that's displayed and there's even one from the other side. Shocking, I know. A look at it from their point of view? Why yes, it's called Tor Tor Tor. And I'm not telling you to watch it. I'm just saying it exists if you want to. But fear not, for history won't let us forget what happened on that fateful day. It was one of the greatest tragedies that had happened up until that time, not counting the Civil War and Revolutionary War, but those are just the ones they talk about because we've got secrets. Secrets don't make friends. And, uh, well, you can find those in the ADHD-friendly comic book that is called Addicted to War. You can download that and read the PDF for free. Holla! You're welcome. Anywho... Um, I'm not by any means uh, justifying or disregarding the tragedy that took place on that day in December. But war is, well, war is kind of like chess. And we're all pawns. And, uh, yeah, we're all pawns. Surprise! And, uh, well, when someone gets put in check, well, you have to make your next move. Well, that's exactly what we did. We took the time to contemplate, and we sat back, let it marinate, and devised a plan unbeknownst to any man, and thus began the faint tick-tock of the doomsday clock. So, what is it that we did? Well, a little boy paid a visit to a city called Hiroshima and had a blast. But he left so quickly to go back and tell his friend, the fat man, what had passed. Once the fat man caught wind, it only took him three days for the fat man to drop in. But he visited another city so he could throw his weight around. And when the fat man fell down, the fat man go boom. Oh, was it the fat man in a dress, dressed in drag? What was the name of that plane that he flew over on called Anola Gay? Okay. Anola Gay. Hmm. Anola backwards spells alone. Well, we've all at some point felt scared and alone. Just like those Navy men did on that Sunday in December. And the same way the Japanese felt on those days in August of 1945. <sighs> well, I don't know. I guess what better way to make the Japanese pay for the same pain that we felt, but worse. And there it is. Another notch 
and the belt choking off oxygen to the brain that is our past and present government, telling us their version of the truth when knowing deep down the game never stops at an eye for an eye because it ain't over until the fat man cries and then everybody dies. Talk about putting salt on an open wound. That's also an interesting choice of words they use, if you ask me. Little boy, fat man, Enola Gay. He can't tell me some of those Navy men weren't gay and lost lovers their wives will never know about. I mean, I'm just touching base on that because repressed sexuality is another rant for another day. Anywho, um, yeah, I guess you just can't, I guess you also can't tell me it was just the Japanese in those cities on that Monday and Thursday in August of 1945. And you can't tell me they didn't have relatives in other Asian countries They were just as affected by not one, but two inevitable tragedies. And then the flash, let's flash forward to the point in society where the bourgeoisie forgot where they came from and the elite sensationalized the American dream. While the dregs of society, as they were and are still called, did all the leftovers that couldn't be sent overseas. I think that might, that they might be considered considered uh, essential workers now though but that's a topic for another day um but yeah there was some that was some fucked up shit that happened not only to us but to them and uh i mean flash forward to well not so present day you had that freaking tsunami hit and then fukushima Fukushima was leaking, still leaking, okay? And uh, it was a little freaking crazy. And we were like, hey, hey, what's going on? You want to plug that up? And they're, they're and like, I'm not saying they were saying it, but it's almost like, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> Are you worried about a little radiation getting into your water and your fish? <laughs> oh, you played too much. Oh, y'all play too much. That's funny. No, really. No, that's funny. See, that's funny because, yeah, that's something we've been dealing with uh, quite some time now. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you have to drive that home, remember? Let it be known. Who's the uh, HBIC or HDIC, really? Head dick in charge? I'm sorry. I mean, no offense. I'm just saying, like, you can't really, like, blame people for not wanting to rush to fix something that was already broken to begin with. But Japan has come a long way since then. I would, um, I hope to travel there someday, but God... Will we be able to travel again? I hope so, girl. Mm-mm, I hope so. I have family over there in Japan. Cousin that's stationed. Also, uh, I hope they're all right. Yeah. What else can I say? Well, what am I talking about now? Um, 
I like like I said before, uh, I mean, you can't no matter how you you try to slice it and dice it, uh, we really rely on China for just about everything. And um, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's uh, if it's that a lotion from the dollar outlet that gave you a rash and was recalled, but but it was a dollar. Right? Uh, am I right? And uh, I know some of you are stuck at home having retail therapy to calm your nerves because of all this anxiety. Um, but that's just as much as part of the problem, don't you think? I mean, we won't be able to flatten the curve, as they say. But shopping is as American as, well, going to work when we're sick because... We've all been through flu season, or right now during this pandemic. And although there's mixed opinions on everything going on, this just might be modern-day eugenics. But I'm not here to get into that. Um, but I guess that's why it's so important to some folks, and because that's what we do, and that's we care, and. That's why it's not important to some folks. Because, well, society is society is bred a lot of sociopaths. And that's just because, you know, those are people that were hurt too. Those are people that reached out and were let down by people they probably thought never would sometimes. I mean, Sometimes it's the ones it's the ones you least expect that end up hurting you the most. I can attest to that. Oof. But I don't know. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. Anyway, um I went off track. I apologize. I told you I tend to do that. Um so what was it? Sick? Yeah, yeah, we go we go to work sick. Um and now some of us, I've seen it, you know. We're going to have chemo at lunch and or we're back at it for a double shift because, well, that's just the American way. For some, that is. But at what cost? Other than people's lives. You see, with convenience comes consequence. And that's an unfortunate truth. And to quote Hemingway, there is nothing noble and being superior to your fellow men. True nobility lies with being superior to, superior to your former self. Why that quote? Well, because it's all about the decadence, baby. That and myself and me. I mean, that's the attitude in this country. And there's a lot of other countries that look at us like that too while simultaneously emulating us. Oh, the irony. That's true, though. And again, it makes no sense, but it's making them dollars and costing people their lives. I mean, we've all heard those horror stories of sweatshop workers leaping to their deaths or leaving a note in the pocket of a sweater you got on clearance that was manufactured by the very slave, lab the very slave labor your country fought against, and... Again, at what expense? But a life for some cheap goods you'll soon forget about and you'll, you can't take with you when you die. Uh, but whatever. 
Side note, lest we forget that there are, in fact, two United States, okay? But that's not what I'm here to talk about today. So, is life really all about decadence, wealth, and fame? To some, yes. But there's more of us that know there is a, there's a certain peace and calming effect found in simplicity, you know? Like they say, less is more. And perhaps that's why... That's perhaps that's why some of them don't donate. Well, they donate so little of their earnings so they can have more wealth. <laughs> Fancy that. But why should we care about people we don't know? And I'm talking about people like us, not them. I mean, it's better them than us, right? When it comes to certain things. But funny how that works when the tables are turned. Are we still low-key, unconsciously salty from wars of yesteryear? Even though we, when we fought in the Vietnam and Korean War and bombed Japan (coughs) twice, uh, some of us just look at it or just look at every Asian as a Chinaman. And, well, you can thank your xenophobic grandparent for that. Or again, that damn willful ignorance. I can't. And here we are, talking all this crap about, oh, it came from a wet market. Oh my god, those people eat bats. The nerve we have in this country to talk about the means of another country. Maybe if we weren't so damn wasteful and didn't take food for granted like most other things... We'd donate it and ship it over to them. Never mind feed a homeless. Oh, but liability. Money. Oh, I don't want to get sued. Uh, yeah. Well, there's a lawsuit that exempts you from that. But I just, maybe that's something y'all, some of y'all didn't know. But I'm sure some of y'all could tell me all the flavors of Doritos, though. <laughs> okay. Anyway. At the end of it all, the meaning of life and... My opinion, as I told you before, is to tell each other our stories, to be so candid and unapologetically ourselves and air out our salted wounds. And there's no harm in biting the hand that feeds you if all they were ever given you was scraps. But that's not the way we should react. We have to hit them where it hurts, and that's in their, in their pocket. That's... That's the only thing that'll work. Especially in regards to uncouth CEOs like the likes of Bezos. That can't even be bothered to support the very people that make him what he's worth. I would like to hope that after we come back from this global quarantine. That we're more open with one another. And not just hiding from behind a screen. Communication can be tricky. But it's essential to any ship you sail, whether it's friendship, business partnership, or relationship. It's hard for us to talk about those things that matter, about our feelings. Because at the end of the day, we're all damaged goods that need to be handled with care. And despite how much some of you may think your shit don't stink, guess what? Like opinions, we've got asshole. And everybody's got one. Some know one. 
Some are one. I myself? I'm probably one of the nicest assholes you ever meet. But we'll get to that later. Going forward, I think we need to learn how to cope. Because some of our means, quite frankly, are a joke. Let's be honest. We have to work on our attitudes. Because, well, although no one wakes up and hopes they have a shitty day, or that their car breaks down, or that they lose their job, or they or someone they know falls terminally ill. However, there is such a thing as schadenfreude. And I did write a poem about that, but... I'll read that to y'all some other day. Seneca once said, we are more often frightened than hurt and we suffer more from imagination than from reality. So for now, if you can, please try to stand in solidarity with the strikes against big business because capitalism don't give a damn about you and that's evident. I mean, look at all the price gouging people are doing with PPE, toilet paper, hand sani, and the like. Remember, we're innately good and evil. It all boils down to a choice. So what will yours be? Will we remain the same and continue to endure all this self-inflicted pain? Or will we overcome like we always do and power through and be better and stronger than ever? where it's less about me and more about you. I've always been partial to the Velveteen Rabbit because of a quote from it. He said, you become. It takes a long time. That's why it doesn't happen often to people who break easily or have sharp edges. I have to be carefully kept. Generally, by the time you are real, most of your hair has been loved off and your eyes drop out and you get loose in the joints and very shabby. But these things don't matter at all because once you are real, you can't be ugly except to people who don't understand. Remember, what is the hardest task in the world? To think. I believe deep down in my heart that this holds true to the quote I put in my yearbook. Well, actually, I put two. Eh, three, but I'll share two with you. One is by Ani DeFranco, and the other is from T.S. Eliot. Ani once said, We are made to bleed and scab and heal and bleed again and turn every scar into a joke. We are made to fight and fuck and talk and fight again and sit around and laugh until we choke. And T.S. Eliot said, what we call a beginning is often the end. And to make an end is to make a beginning. The end is where we start from. Well, I guess... Let's try to plant some seeds for a more inclusive society filled with more will and less doubt. So, I guess my question is, will you reach your hand out 
and unclench your fist and watch in awe as we grow? Only time will tell, I guess. Well, with all that being said, until then. I hope you all have a great night. I hope some of the things I said make sense. Um, hell, I don't even know sometimes. But um, stay safe. Stay elevated. And uh, don't forget to wash those hands. I'll see you when I see you. All right? Have a good night. Take care. Peace.